Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh. Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Stevie Robbins here. Welcome to the Get It Done Guys. Quick and dirty tips to work less and do more. I just love modesty. No, no, I don't. I hate modesty. I also hate arrogance, but modesty is terrible because it means we can never learn how awesome people are. Europa, a consummate businesswoman, complains about this a lot. She says, if I don't know how awesome people are, how can I properly exploit them? Europa, you go, girl. Last week, I attended a panel discussion on attention deficit disorder. The moderator, we'll call her Gladys, was a therapist who threw modesty to the wind. She proclaimed her skill at helping ADD folk. We leaned forward, eagerly anticipating a transcendental experience. Well, her skill seems to be changing topics faster than her ADD clients. She changes topics every sentence. Her clients probably cure themselves out of sheer frustration. I'm polite. I didn't scream, finish your thought. Fortunately, some people weren't polite. As they left, they yelled out, We have ADD and we can't even keep up with you. See? Cured. My dear, sweet, talented, ambitious, well-meaning Gladys, this podcast is for you. A while back, I taught you how to run an awards dinner. There's a link to that episode in this episode's transcript. Fortunately, having no modesty myself, I must confess that I'm a darn good moderator. Today, Let's learn how to moderate a panel discussion. A good moderator works much less and does much more. The best moderators seem invisible to the audience, yet they are in absolute control like any good evil overlord. (laughs) Stop laughing, Europa. Here are my rules for being a great moderator. 11 tips for moderating a panel. 1. Know your job. Your job as a moderator is to help the audience get their needs met via the panel's discussion. Before you begin, make sure you know what the audience expects. If your panel is Pros and Cons of World Domination, featuring six mad scientists who also have a variety of other interests, your job is to meet the audience's need for world domination information. Even successful panels sometimes wander off topic. You must be ever vigilant about keeping things relevant. 2. Prepare the physical environment in advance. Make sure everyone has a nameplate that's visible from the audience. Make sure everyone has a full glass of water at hand. Know where the microphones are and how far they reach. I moderated a 20-person panel that had one microphone on a cord. It had to be passed along every time someone wanted to speak. It was a horror show. 3. Know your timing and keep to it. 
Plan the time for question and answer, introductions, and panel remarks. If you have a one-hour panel with five panelists and 20 minutes of Q&A, each panelist can talk for roughly eight minutes. If a panelist is going on and on about the electricity costs needed to reanimate a Frankenstein monster, gently interrupt and assure them that you can return to discussing electricity costs later in the panel. Since your job is to keep the topic on world domination, don't go back to the electricity topic. Yes, you just told a little white lie to your panelist. You've done it before, and if you say, no, I haven't, you're doing it now. Four, don't read panelist bios. It takes too long, and no one cares. The bios were in the program, and everyone read the program. That's why they showed up. If you must, give one or two credibility-building points that show why the panelists know about the topic at hand. Don't mention unrelated awards, even if they're impressive, and under no circumstances should you ever repeat what's in the program. It makes you look foolish like you did no preparation other than reading the program. It wastes the audience's time, and it annoys the panelists. These are mad scientists. You don't want to annoy them. This panel isn't about their past. It's to showcase their current brilliance. Let their contribution to the panel speak for itself. Number five, beware of stories. Stories are entertaining and memorable, and panelists love to tell them. But very few people can tell stories well. Most people ramble. Be sure stories move the discussion along. If you ask panelists to, quote, tell their story, unquote, you're in dangerous territory. Instead, ask panels for their opinions about specific issues or events. Ask them to analyze a situation, or speculate on a future development, or do a role play where they apply their brilliance real time. Tell me about why you want to dominate the world? Boring. You'll get six variations of, because the other kids gave me wedgies in elementary school. Instead, ask, if wedgies provide your moral justification for world domination, do you think you'll be able to raise enough support among the masses? That's a speculation question and likely to get a much more thoughtful response. Six, don't offer your own opinions. Sad, but true. The audience is there to see you moderate, not be a panelist. If you offer your own opinions, you look like you're trying to hog time from the panelists. Do this only if your panel consists entirely of unbelievable bores and you can bring down the house with your impromptu comedy routines. And certainly, never offer your opinion or tell a panelist they're stupid. Let another panelist say it instead. Which brings us to... Seven. Get them fighting. Notice where panelists disagree and ask about that. Hearing six people say the same thing? Boring. Watching two people leap over their chairs and try to strangle each other with a microphone cord? Way cool. Remember those glasses of water you gave your panelists at the start? Now they have something to throw. Use conflict to keep it fun. Otherwise, your audience may fall asleep, especially if it's after lunch. Eight, come back to the juicy bits. You may cut a panelist short so someone else can speak. Keep notes so you can go back to the person you cut off and have them finish their point if it's still relevant. Panelists love this, and it makes you look brilliant. Nine, summarize. Jot notes so when you come back to a panelist, you can use your notes to summarize panelists' previous points so they needn't repeat them. 10. Call on people. If the audience is full of raised hands, call on them. But beware panelist wannabes in the audience. They'll use Q&A to hijack the session. When you call on someone, say, The gentle person in the red moo-moo, please give me your question in one sentence. Then cut them off if they go beyond three sentences. 11. 
wrap up by thanking the panelists. Say, thank you. You've been a great panel. And to the audience, you've been a great audience. Let's give the panelists a hand. When the room erupts into applause, close your eyes and pretend they're applauding for you. At least you'll get something out of the experience. Thank you. You've been a great audience. This is Steve Robbins. You can find this episode's transcript, along with a link to how to run an awards dinner, at getitdone.quickanddirtytips.com. Follow me on Facebook as Get It Done Guy. The sampled laughter is provided by the Texas Radio Theater Company, licensed under Creative Commons Sampling Plus 1.0 license. Work less, do more, and have a great life. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.